first reading is from John 14, verses 1 to 5. Um, it can be found on page 1675 of the Church Bibles, and it will also be on the screen. Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My Father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I am going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you are going, so how can we know the way? Thanks, Melissa. Morning, everyone. Great to be with you this morning, and special welcome for everyone who's here for the baptism, supporting uh, the Phillips family with that. I know some of you have travelled quite a way to get here today, so we really appreciate having you here and hope you enjoy the, the nice, warm Adelaide Hills weather that we've got. That was a joke, just so you know. Now, if we've got any young people here, we've got some cushions down the front. I'd love, love to have you come down. We're, get, we're having an all-in service, which is a little bit different to how we do things normally. Gemma would love some company down the front as well. Uh, so normally we'll have a, a big, bigger Bible reading and a, and a bigger sermon, and we have the kids go out for programs. We're doing things a bit differently in, in school holidays, where we'll have a few shorter talks and we'll have children in for it as well. So just, just a little bit different. And it's different because there's been a baptism as well. That's something that we don't have every week. Um, you've, you've all seen Anna up the front just a moment ago. I've got a photo of her up on the screen as well, just in case you didn't get a good enough look before. There, there she is eating some beetroot. You, she's looking at herself there, which is, which is quite cute. Um, it's been a big day for Anna today, hasn't it? Um, it's Anna getting baptised and there are, it's really exciting having a young person like Anna just because there are so many possibilities of where she might end up in life, so many, so many places she might end up. But as we've heard today, there's, there's only one place really that Cam and Maren really want her to end up eventually. Maybe not too soon, but eventually somewhere down the track. And that is in the Father's house, uh, what we've just heard about in John chapter 14. Uh, so this is the most wonderful place that any of us could ever, ever hope for. I don't know if you've ever thought about what heaven is like, like tried to sort of picture in your mind what heaven is like. You might have seen cartoons or something that someone has drawn. Can I get someone who, one, one of you six, I reckon, whoever's, whoever's feeling brave, to, do you want to come up? Yep, come on up. There we go. All right. We, we are going to try and create heaven up here. I'm going to move this as well because it looks really nice up here, but it probably isn't going to be helpful in a few moments' time. And I'll try not to spill too much either. All right, when you think about heaven, what do you think about? You kind of think about someone sort of up, up in the clouds, wearing white, with, probably with angel wings as well, playing a harp. I thought we'd try and recreate a bit of that. So I've got some wings for you to put on. There we go. You're going to look very cute. I mean, he did before, but you've even more so now. There we go. Got, got your, your angel wings there. Be dressed in white as well. This didn't go as smoothly as I thought it would at nine, but we'll see how it goes at 11. Yeah, again, not too smoothly, but it's all right. There you go. Oh, no. Just chat among yourselves. There we go, dressed, dressed in white with her angel wings. And if you move carefully so you don't trip over this, just a little bit to your left, a little bit to your left, this way, this way. 
that, that'll do. You're kind, of, you're kind of in the clouds there. If you sort of, sort of look from the right angle, you're, you're standing, probably can't really see it so much from that side, but you're, you're standing in the clouds. So this is kind of, I mean, it's a bit rough. This is kind of a, how we can picture heaven sometimes, and you'd be playing a, a little harp as well. Now, are you enjoying yourself? <laughs> is this the greatest thing you've ever done in your life? No, no. Nah. You can be honest, it's, it's really not, is it? It's, it's kind of a, a nice picture in some ways, but you kind, of, you kind of feel like heaven's got to be better than that. I'll let you sit down. You can keep the wings if you want. I'll, I'll better take them off, actually. <laughs> there we go. You can go, go and grab a seat. Thank you so much for your help. No, I, I think when we think about heaven, we want to think that heaven is going to be better than this. Heaven, heaven is going to be much better than this, because heaven is, it's what we were made for. We were made for relationship with God. We were made to be with our Father. We, there are longings that we have that only He can, that only being with God can satisfy. And there are pains uh, that we have in life that, that just won't be there in heaven. Like we think about what life is like, and there's, there's lots of great things, aren't there? You have great days where things are going well, but then you have the days where things aren't going so well. Don't you? Maybe things go wrong, you're going through a bit of pain, and you think, there's got to be more to it than this. There's got to be something better than this to look forward to. And Jesus tells us here that there is. We had our, a um, conference a few weeks ago. We had a guest speaker come, and he was talking about the end of the world. Uh, one of the talks he gave was about what heaven was like, and he'd never been there, so he didn't know, but he, he, one of the things he said was that heaven will be like coming home. It'll be like coming home, where we're living in a world where we, we sort of feel at home, but we sort of don't. Heaven is the place where we, we belong. And that's what Jesus is saying. There's this house, rooms in his father's house that he's preparing. See, in this passage, John chapter 14 starts with Jesus saying to his disciples, do not let your hearts be troubled. Now, their, their hearts are troubled because Jesus, at the end of chapter 13, has said that he's about to leave them. He's about to go away. And the disciples are thinking, oh, no, we need you here, Jesus. Why are you going? But Jesus said, the reason I'm going is to prepare a room for you in my father's house. It's a, it's a very good reason to be going away. So there's this wonderful destination that is being promised but how do the disciples get there? We see one of them, Thomas, asking that question in verse 5. Lord, we don't know where you're going. How can we know the way? How do the disciples get there? How does Anna get there? What does Anna do to get there? Or what do any of us do to get there? Let's keep reading and we'll find out. So the, the second reading is from John 14, verses 6 to 11. Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you will know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Philip said, Lord, show us the Father and that will be enough for us. And Jesus answered, Don't you know me, Philip, even after I have been among you such a long time? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and that the Father is in me? The words I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority. 
Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing his work. Believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or at least believe on the evidence of the works themselves. Okay, so we've just heard that there's this, this wonderful place that Jesus is promising us, this, this wonderful destination. But then the disciples are asking, how do we get there? So have a look at what Jesus says to them in verse 6. They've asked him, how do, we, how do we know where this place is? Jesus answered, Thomas, you just have to be a good person. It doesn't really matter what you believe, as long as you're true to that, as long as you're true to yourself, and as long as you treat people well and do the best you can, that will be good enough for God. Doesn't say that, does it? Doesn't say that at all. Maybe, maybe we'd prefer if it did say that. Maybe that would be a bit more of a comfortable thing, a bit more of a tolerant thing, a bit, a bit more easy to talk to other people about. But it's not what it says. Jesus says, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. This is a really exclusive claim, isn't it, that Jesus is making here. He's saying that not always lead to God. In fact, there's only one way that leads to God, and that is through him. Now, that seems quite exclusive, quite arrogant, doesn't it? Now, I'm going to need a helper for this next bit. I need, Gemma, you're going to hate me for this, but I need someone who hasn't broken an arm in the last... We've, we've had a lot, of, a lot of kids breaking arms, and I don't want it to happen again. Uh, I reckon both of you guys can come up, I reckon. Both, both of you guys. You're putting two hands up, so you can definitely come up. I love that sort of enthusiasm. Do you want to come up? Yeah, all three of you, that's fine. I might smooth this out of the way. That's, that's fine. Sorry, I'll get you up for the next kids' talk, Gemma. It'll be fine. Now, this platform over here is really high, isn't it? High. It's like, it's like yes. I can step up. We'll, we'll get to that. You, you'll get a chance. I don't, I don't reckon anyone over the age of about under the age of about 25 would be able to step on this platform without my help. You know, without, without me helping them up there, I, I, don't, I don't reckon they'd be able to Oh, you reckon you can do it? <laughs> All right, go for it. You, you try. <laughs> oh. <laughs> All right. <laughs> you, you did it. The kid at 9am did it as well. <laughs> Maybe I was wrong about that. Oh, and you did it as well. Do you re- <laughs> reckon? You can use your hands. Why not? Yeah, use your hands. I didn't use my hands. All right. All right. You all, you, you all can do it. Well done. <laughs> Grab a seat. <laughs> well done. Give him a hand. <laughs> the point is, though, that, that how arrogant is that of me to say that I'm the only way that people can get onto that platform? All right. Just settle down. I've got to, I've got to read off those notes. Don't. <laughs> just don't take my script away, whatever you do. How arrogant would that be of me to say that I'm the only way to get onto that platform? Now, is Jesus being arrogant in the same way? Is Jesus being too exclusive? Is he wrong to say that he is the only way? Let's have a think about it. Jesus is the only way because he's the truth and the life. What does it mean that Jesus is the truth? It means that Jesus reveals God. The truth, that's, that's right. Glad... It means the truth. Jesus reveals God to us. Jesus speaks the words of God and he does, does the work of God. Jesus shows us who God is. 
So Jesus is the truth, and he's also the life, because Jesus gives us life. And that's what we've been celebrating with the baptism up here. It's what um, Cam and Maren and Chris have, have talked to us about, that Jesus gives us life through his death and resurrection. See, God is perfect. God has absolutely nothing wrong with him. His house is perfect and clean and tidy and everything. But we know that we aren't. We know, we know that we aren't perfect at all. We know that there are, there are things we've done wrong. We're messy, looking at me, not at them. We're, we're mess, messy people. And how can we come to our Father's perfect house when we're, when we're messy? Well, the thing is that Jesus does exactly what the baptism that, that we've just seen symbolizes, that Jesus has washed us clean. Jesus, by dying for us, took our messiness on himself, which means that we, we arrive to our Father's house, not messy, but clean, that we're able to come into our Father's house and have fellowship with God. Jesus has taken away everything that was wrong with us if we've put our trust in him. What, what wonderful news. And Jesus didn't just die, he was raised back to life as well. He was raised back to life and he has gone to prepare a room for us. What wonderful news. So Jesus is the only one who shows us God, and Jesus is the only one who gives us life. And that, that is why Jesus is the only way. Now, you still might be thinking, is this, is this a bit exclusive? Is this a bit arrogant still? Isn't it arrogant for people to say that Jesus is the only way? Well, I reckon it's not arrogant. It's actually really humbling to believe this. So I want you to imagine something. I want you to imagine five-time Olympic gold medalist Ian Thorpe is in a boat. And with him in that boat is my 84-year-old grandmother who has never been able to swim in her life. You probably know what Ian Thorpe looks like. You probably don't know what my grandma looks like. Use your imagination. I don't think they've ever been in a boat together, so I'm having to use my imagination as well. They're out, out on a boat. They're in the middle of the ocean. There's no land for, for hundreds of miles. And the boat sinks. And at that moment, they're both in trouble, aren't they? I mean, it doesn't matter whether it's my grandma who can't swim at all or Ian Thorpe, who's a great swimmer. They're way too far from land to be able to save themselves. But what if a rescue boat is coming next to them at the same time and as their boat is sinking, the rescue boat comes along and rescues my nana, rescues Ian Thorpe, gets him on the boat? I don't reckon Ian Thorpe would be walking along the boat going... See, all that swimming and all those Olympic gold medals came in handy. That's, that's why I'm alive. No, it doesn't matter whether it's the great swimmer or the, the terrible swimmer. Neither of them have saved themselves. They've been rescued by someone else. And that's the message that we have here, that we're not saved by great things that we do. We're saved by what Jesus has done for us. There's really nothing arrogant about that at all. And it's also comforting as well, because if there was a way to God apart from Jesus, it would have to involve us being good enough, wouldn't it? It would have to involve us being good enough to please God, which means that there's, there's some standard that God is calling us to. But how would we ever know? You know, how would we ever know if we'd done enough to reach that standard? We would be living in fear, wondering if we'd done enough. But the good news is that we don't have to wonder we don't have to worry because Jesus is the one who's done enough. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. 
But that was 2,000 years ago that he spoke these words, and where is he now? What, what does it mean now to live as followers of Jesus when, when we don't see him here with us? We're going to have a song now. The band is going to come up, and they're going to lead us in a song called The Way, The Truth, and The Life, which is really celebrating what we've, what we've just heard. I invite children to stay up here. This is a song that the kids can take part in. And for all of us, we can, we can stand and sing, and then we'll hear the rest of John 14 afterwards. And the third reading is from John chapter 14, verses 12 to 31. Very truly I tell you, who be whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these, because I am going to the Father. And I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. If you love me, keep my commands, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the Spirit of Truth. The world cannot accept him, because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans, I will come to you. Before long, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. On that day, you will realise that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. Whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my Father and I too will love them and show myself to them. Then Judas, not Judas Iscariot, said, But Lord, why do you intend to show yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus replied, Anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My Father will love them, and we will come to them and make our home with them. Anyone who does not love me will not obey my teaching. These words you hear are not my own. They belong to the Father who sent me. All this I have spoken while still with you. But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. You heard me say... I am going away and I am coming back to you. If you loved me, you would be glad that I am going to the Father, for the Father is greater than I. I have told you now before it happens, so that when it does happen, you will believe. I will not say much more to you, for the Prince of this world is coming. He has no hold over me, but he comes so that the world may learn that I love the Father and do exactly what my Father has commanded me. Come now, let us leave. All right, so we've heard about this, this wonderful destination that Jesus has promised us. We've heard that Jesus is the, the one way to get there. Um, and we also see that we're not traveling alone on the journey either, that Jesus is with us. He's with us by his spirit. Now we see in verse 18 there, Jesus tells his disciples, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. And so the Father and the Son both live in us through the Spirit if we've put our trust 
in Jesus. This is the great message that we're seeing here. Have a look at verse 20 there. Uh, Jesus says, On that day you'll realize that I'm in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. Uh, so we're drawn into this, this loving relationship that the Father and the Son have had for forever beforehand. We are drawn into that. We, we come to know them in that way. So what, what wonderful news that is. If we have a look at verse 23, Jesus, Jesus says, Anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My Father will love them, and we will come to them and make our home with them. So we've got Jesus, the Son, and God the Father making their home with us. In fact, that word for home there is actually the same word uh, that's used in verse 3 uh, for the rooms in the Father's house. So we've got this beautiful picture of Jesus going back up to heaven to prepare a room for us. But before we even get there, Jesus and the Father are both coming and they're making their own dwelling place with us. It's a really wonderful picture of, of God's presence with us. So Jesus is with us by his spirit, and he's with us through his word as well. So Jesus talks about here, here about um, there being teaching of his to obey and, and commands to keep. Now, we don't get saved by keeping these commands. Jesus doesn't say, do what I've commanded and you'll be saved. He says, do these commands if you love me. So if we've responded to what Jesus has done for us, if we're, if we're thankful for that, if we love him, uh, we will follow these commands. We will obey this word that he's given to us. In fact, this whole John's gospel, we're, we're reading chapter 14, but the whole of John's gospel is the word of Jesus. It's the word of Jesus that, that John has written down for us. John was one of the disciples who was here listening as Jesus spoke these words. He, he followed Jesus around uh, for the three years while Jesus was teaching and performing miracles and as he died and was resurrected. And, and John wrote these words down. Now, I don't know if you're the sort of person who likes to read biographies or autobiographies, that sort of thing. I quite enjoy it from time to time. I like reading about different people and, and what they've done. Um, you, find, you tend to find when you're reading a, a book like that, there's always, either at the end or at the start, there's, there's kind of a, a hook that they try and give you where they, they sort of say, this is what I hope you've got out of this. Like, I hope this book has, has inspired you to do, do greater things, or I hope this book has given you fresh insight into a, a misunderstood sporting person, or something like that, trying to sort of say <clears throat> what we want this, this biography to achieve. Well, John's Gospel has one of those as well. We see at, towards the end of John's Gospel, in chapter 20, verse 31, there's a, a slide for that. John gives the reason for why he's writing this gospel. He says, These are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing, you may have life in his name. So John writes to show, that, to show who Jesus is, to show that Jesus reveals God to us, that he speaks God's words and that he, that he does God's work. He wants us to, to encounter God in Jesus and to respond to this message, to see that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and to have that life in his name. I'd really encourage you, if you're someone here just checking out church, um, not going to church isn't a typical thing on a Sunday for you, I'd really encourage you to, to sit down and have a read of John's Gospel. If, you've, if you're not quite sure about who Jesus is and, and what he means for you, the whole purpose of 
I mean, the whole Bible, really, but, but this book that we're reading here is to show us who Jesus is, to show us what Jesus means for us, and to, to let us make the decision for ourselves. So I'd really encourage you to take the time, it'll probably take you a couple of hours, to, to sit down and, and read about Jesus, to work out who he says he is, and to ask questions and to think about what it might mean to follow him. What it, does it, does the, what Jesus says about himself make sense? A few months ago here at church, we had someone come along from the UK and teach us how we can read John's gospel with other people, how we can sit down and open up in chapter one and read through it and actually show people who Jesus is throughout John's gospel. So if you're visiting today, if you're here with someone who comes here regularly, then hopefully they were there that week and they'd be happy to to sit down and to to talk you through John's gospel. I'd really encourage you to to sit down and, and have a read of it. Uh, So Jesus is with us by his spirit, he's with us by his word, and he's he's also with us in our work as well. Have a look at verse 12 there in chapter, chapter 14. Jesus says to his disciples, Very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these, because I am going to the Father." And Jesus did some pretty cool things that you can read about in John's gospel. He turned water into wine. He healed a blind man. He did all, did all sorts of great things. Does that mean that we're going to do even better than that? That we're going to turn even more water into wine? That we're going to heal even more people? Well, the main work that Jesus has, Jesus' work is to show us God. It's to, to do his Father's work, to show us who God is. And that's the work that he's given to us as well. More people will be saved by Jesus going and sending his spirit than were saved during Jesus' lifetime. It's Jesus going to heaven, sending his spirit down and sending his people out, empowered by the spirit to talk to people about him. That is how so many people are brought into God's kingdom. And it's no surprise as well that verses 13 and 14 follow, where Jesus says, I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. Now he's not saying here that everything we ask God for, he's going to give it to us exactly what we've asked for. What he's saying is that he, Jesus will answer prayers that, that seek God's glory. He will answer prayers in a way that glorifies his Father. He will answer prayers in a way that, that honours his name. And given that it's come right after this, this verse, verse 12, I think it should really fill us with confidence as we pray for people that don't yet know Jesus, people who haven't yet recognised that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. This is a message that isn't just for people who are Christians now. It is a message for everyone to hear and to respond to. It's a message that Jesus wants people to respond to. God is glorified as people realise who Jesus is and accept the life that only he can offer. So I'd really encourage you, if you're here this morning as a follower of Jesus, I'd really encourage you to pray big, to pray boldly, to think about the people in your life who you'd love to see come to, come to know Jesus and bring them before God, bring them consistently before God in prayer and pray that, that he would do mighty works through that. Just think what God God can do as we as a whole church commit to praying 
together for those that don't yet know Jesus. We have a wonderful home on offer. We have a wonderful father waiting there for us. A home where everything will be as it should be, where we won't have the pain that we have now. And there's only one way to get to this home, and that's by following Jesus. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And as we go on that journey, we're not on our own. Jesus is with us in that. What a wonderful hope. What a wonderful hope it is for Anna to be baptized into that. And what a wonderful hope it is for all of us to be able to know that and to be able to recognize Jesus as who he says he is. Let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, we give you great thanks that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Help us to recognize in our everyday life what that means, to to see that in Jesus uh, we see every part of of who you are, uh, that we see your words and your works done through Jesus. And please help us to see that life comes through Jesus, that he's the giver of life, uh, that he laid down his life for us and that he offers us forgiveness in his name. So we thank you that because of Jesus, we can come into your house, not because of what we've done, not because of uh, good things that we've been able to achieve, uh, but purely because of what he's achieved. Uh, So we thank you for that and pray that you would help us to live lives confident of that, following Jesus, knowing that he is the only way. Amen.